Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there, and welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I'm Rich Levine. Guys, it is Friday morning. We have a lot to talk about. We will recap last night's loss in Milwaukee, the Celtics' fifth loss in the last seven games. We'll also hand out our midseason Celtics awards. But first, as always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. It is a big help for our numbers. Follow us on Twitter at WinningPlaysPod. Shout out to CLNS Media. Shout out to BetOnline.ag. Mike and B-Rob. Uh, sort of a, a story of two halves last night in Milwaukee. I mean, both ending with the Celtics loss, but a horrible start, a valiant comeback attempt. What do we take from that? I mean, obviously we can focus on uh, on the first half, which is horrible, but you know, when a team shoots 12 of 15 from three to open a game, you're sort of behind the eight ball a little bit. But uh, what, B. Rob, what do you take from from, from that comeback? Is, should, should we get our hopes up at all about that? Is there, are, there, are there good things to take from that? Yeah, I think uh, given the circumstances, the back to back, Jalen Brown being out, uh, just a brutal schedule for this month for the Celtics. It was a, it was an encouraging. I think there was more good than bad out of that performance. The the Bucks clearly shot out of their mind in the first half, um, but the Celtics didn't stop fighting. Kemba Walker you know, kind of broke out of his mini funk since coming back from that uh, bout with the flu and was just outrageous for the final three quarters there. And I guess what was encouraging for me is that even though, you know, it was like a valiant comeback at the end there that, you know, they had that one shot by Smart in the final minute, Mike, to tie things up. The fact that they made it a game back in the third quarter, even before that, got the lead down to six with four minutes left in the third before things kind of fell apart again was encouraging to me because that lead fell apart, I feel like, or that the Bucks went on a big run again at the end of the third quarter against guys that shouldn't be playing against the Bucks that normally wouldn't be playing against the Bucks because that was when Javante Green was out there and Cantor was out there and Grant Williams was out there. Guys that I don't think we're going to see much in a playoff series against the Bucks. So the fact that, you know, when it was their best against the Celtics' best, the Celtics, you know, looked like they could, you know, once they got their heads out of their asses, were showing some fight for those three quarters. Um, it was encouraging for me from that standpoint, Mike, I feel like. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I think my, like in my notes, actually, I wrote pretty much what you just said, B-Rob, except about the fourth quarter when they were down 11 with about four minutes to go and they were still playing as if it was a tie ball game. I thought that that was uh, very encouraging. And they, you know, they cut it to four, smart, basically air balls that three that open look that could have made it an even more interesting 
uh, situation. But I, yeah, I agree. I feel like uh, like the the right takeaway here is should be optimism and. Uh, Kemba Walker in particular, who finished with 40 points on 23 shots and was 0 for 3 in the entire first quarter. So 40 points in three quarters on the road against the best team in the NBA is pretty good. And what I thought was really uh, encouraging was just like the Celtics, if they want to beat the Bucks, they need to exploit the fact that Kemba Walker is just a, a walking mismatch for how they want to defend. And he really took advantage. I mean, the pull-up threes were there. The the hesitation dribble blow-bys of Lopez when Lopez had to step out too far to try to contain him. He was super aggressive. He was the ideal player in this matchup. And that's like, uh, for me, that was just like really good to see because after the first quarter, I was kind of like, where is Kemba? Uh, they need Kemba in this matchup. He was getting eaten alive in the paint in the first quarter. Right, nuts. and then he, he answered the bell so that was uh that was really good to see should we talk about gordon a little bit yeah so just going right to the negative yeah right <laughs> right to no the it's worth it's, you guys it's, i mean you guys it's worth talking about, about you guys were just glowing about about uh, the, the fifth loss in seven games for the first couple of minutes i feel like i need to bring us back to center a little bit <laughs> um but yeah one to ten one to nine from three just and again, and this is and this is sort of coming off that game in Philly too, where he I think he had eight points against Philly, he had seven points last night, and especially last night in a game without Jalen, where you need the best Gordon Hayward to uh, to stick around. And and I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what it is. Is it just missing shots right now? Like I'm, I I can't really put my finger on on Gordon's inconsistency slash struggles right now, you know, because he he seems to be moving a little bit like 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 the same player, but just not just not converting. Yeah, it's. I think the biggest thing that sticks out to me um, is a lack. I mean, I think ten or nine of his ten attempts last night were from three point range. He was not interested at all in getting into the paint against this team, and hasn't been. I mean, it's come and gone in certain games, but um, his free throw attempts for the season per game is down to one point eight, and that's kind of worrisome in the sense that. He's just not, you know, seeking out slash creating much contact right now. And so is, you know, is coming and going based on how well he's shooting from three-point range, which can be a strength of his, but, you know, he's 35% from three now in the year. So um, it, you do wonder with the foot situation, again, how much he's the, the hand is still bothering him. Um, it's not like he's regressed to where he was at points last season, Mike, but, you know, this is... Uh, certainly an area to, to to watch. I didn't even realize that his free throw numbers were so down. That's yeah, it's two not free throws good. a game is not what you want. <laughs> and it's it's interesting no. because earlier in the year we were kind of lauding the drive numbers and how I guess they were like twice as high in the first month or so of the season or first three weeks of the season as last year. Um, just how he was attacking the basket and. Uh, creating beneficial situations off that. So, yeah, when he's not super aggressive, as he was not last night, and when he settles for those threes, which I, f- I do feel like one for nine is just him just kind of missing shots. Like, they were pretty good looks, uh, I felt. Mm-hmm. So that's not great. And then, you know, he is also taking those the 10-foot fallaways just outside the paint that normally fall, that are normally his bread and butter, and when those don't go in, it's pretty ugly just because that's an inefficient shot. So if he's not getting to the line, um, it's that's that's tough, especially with Jalen out. 
And you yeah. wonder if some of it is maybe a little bit of the Milwaukee matchup. Because I remember last year in the playoffs, you know, coming off that Indiana series, we kind of saw a little bit of the best that Gordon had to offer, where he was really controlling just everything on the offensive end. He had the ball in his hand. He was getting into the paint, sort of, you know, that little rope-a-dope move that he does so well when he's when he's at his best. And we were thinking that maybe he'd be able to bring that into the second round against Miami, and he was just a complete non-factor. And my, you know, Milwaukee's got a lot of you know, long arms and, and athletic guys, and maybe that's a tough matchup for him, which obviously doesn't bode very well for, uh, for the future in a potential playoff matchup. But uh, it could just be just be a Milwaukee issue as well. Yeah, they're just really good at that, Rich. Like taking away the basket—that's the thing they do best. And Hayward obviously doesn't have the kind of separation skills that someone like Kemba does. Um, so I mean, it, it, it's, it might just be a calculated play by him. You know, going okay, I'm not gonna like I. In order to beat the Bucks, you're gonna have to beat him from three. Generally, that's how a seven-game series is gonna go. Um, and so that's his. And especially on a second half of back-to-back, like his legs weren't there and. Um, that's what it is. But I do think, you know, even going back from Gordon, I feel like the biggest, and I kind of talked about it a little bit, um, a couple minutes ago, I still think even with Jalen on that game, I still think the Celtics are a player away, like just a competent bench weapon away from really giving, having a realistic shot of being the Bucks in the playoffs. No, sorry. Go ahead. No, just like, just that fifth. I mean, obviously Shemi played pretty well in this game. Like, but he is still offensively a pretty big liability, I feel like, because his, his decision-making like is still not great, and you just don't want him... You don't want to rely on him making threes in order to win the series. That's I just don't think that's a winning bet. So you have him for defensive purposes, but I still really feel like, in or, especially for shootout games like we saw last night, the Celtics just need another bench shooter to, again punish the Bucks when they collapse and everyone in the paint and really kind of keep their defenders more honest, um, especially when Brad Stevens goes to the bench because there's just too many guys you can sack off of right now in this in this. Yeah, unit. I was just about to say, I mean, when Tice, Shemi, and Grant Williams combined for 12 three-point attempts, and it's pretty clear when you watch the possessions where they take most of those threes that it those are shots that the Bucks want the Celtics to take, not shots that the Celtics are generating off their own action. So that's pretty discouraging. I mean, Grant Williams was just left wide a lot, like wide open by the three-point line several times. And then on one possession, he uh, was wide open, pump faked, thin air, drove, and then turned it over because there's like no passing lanes once you get into the paint against this team. Um, by the way, to which Chris Webber said that he was glad that uh, – Grant Williams did not take that wide open three, which great announcing job by Chris Weber. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that stuff is tough, and yeah, I mean you got to give the Bucks credit for sure for how they've played defense all season and and their scheme, and you have to be able to make threes. You have to have five guys who are on the floor who are capable threats from outside if you really want to break them. Uh, I I also just thought that after the first quarter, like they were just throwing crap up meaning the Bucks, like, not even some of the threes they were hitting, but, like, Ilya Silva hit this, like, really dumb fadeaway from, like, a baseline two. Uh, DiVincenzo's threes were, like, what is even happening? Like, 
Kurnay was, yeah. I mean, he's hitting these like between the leg pull up threes from like twenty eight feet. Yeah, he was he was like Isaiah Tom, Isaiah Thomas a couple years ago in the Celtics. Yeah, I like, so I don't. He was playing like it's tough to say like this is unsustainable and you can beat them if they don't shoot this way. But they're also built to have games like this, and who knows in a four out of seven situation like if they all get hot, they're going to have one or two games oh, like that. Probably. Oh, for it's sure, it's going to happen sure, like in sure. a seven game series. So you just have to like account for that, which and you do by having the necessary firepower. Um, so yeah, I mean we've talked about it a lot, but I really just think that a game like that kind of just reinforces it even more because there's no one, you know. Again, Ojale had a pretty good game, and you still like he's still trying to drive Giannis in the fourth quarter. That was a, and you're just like, what? What? That are, was a what play. are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. Um, is Kander I mean, going to be able to play in this series, guys? Like in the playoffs? Uh. I think you got yeah. it. I don't know. I mean, it, it wasn't a surprise to me that they went away from him because of the spacing issue on offense. And more importantly, they always have five guys who can shoot threes. And uh, exactly. Cantor being on the perimeter is just a death sentence for your defense. So, yeah, I, I don't know. See, see how many rebounds he had last night without looking? I, I actually tweeted this out, so I do know this, but I'll let uh, my guess. I'm looking right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just, that, that's that's how you always get those right. At least you yeah. admitted it this time. Yeah, yeah, one rebound for Ennis Cantor in uh, almost 16 minutes. That's tough. Not great. If you're not doing rebounding, then what are you out there? He's also, I'm sorry, like, he's had a very good year, and we'll talk about him more later in our midseason awards. Um, MVP. He, he still is way too soft at times at the rim. On which end? Like, like finishing okay. uh, on offense. I mean, defense, obviously. But, like, on offense, like... It seems like his legs don't work. Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, he doesn't have... I know he doesn't have great athleticism, and but when he is in a crowd down there, uh, he obviously has a great nose for the ball, but he does not, like, finish well against good rim protection. I mean, he's only shooting 64% from inside three feet, which is worse than Tice, Kemba, Gordon. Like, you know, that's which is not the number you want from your seven foot center. Um, so yeah, like it's just, it makes me very queasy about how, like what they can expect out of him in a series like this. He obviously was going to be big in a Sixers series and potentially other matchups, but um, it might be a lot of, you know, Tyson Grant in this matchup and Tice rich, like the number of screen assists he was getting on, is he the best game, player in the league on that? He's he's getting there real quick because he gave Tatum like ten points in that game by just boxing out Lopez. Dude, on, it's, on the it's crazy, and he gets called for maybe one, like maybe one every other game. They they call him for an offensive foul or like a moving screen or whatever it's it, 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 it's called in that situation. But I I don't remember seeing a guy so dominant with that one sort of subtle move to get his guys wide open layups in a half court set. Yeah, too. those those I was gonna bring those up later because. Uh, I mean, that's like one of the great things that Tice brings to the team. And there were a lot of situations, yeah, with Tatum. That's a really good call by UB Rob where he would be in the pick and roll. And like Tice would just, his like he's rolling not even with his hands up. He's rolling like not looking for the ball at all. He's just looking for his man. And he's going to just basically offensive line him out of the picture. It's like. Like Stephen Adams is kind of the the prototype for this move, the the best one with with Russell Westbrook, and 
Uh, Gortat used to do it with John Wall really effectively back in the day. Uh, but yeah, Tyson Tatum and Tyson Kemba, like they really have the chemistry down with this particular move. It's good to see. Oh, with that one baseline move Tatum had, was that on, on Lopez maybe? Yeah, it was yeah Lopez. I got it all yep. caps. Holy shit. In my notebook. <laughs> uh, not as much as the, 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 the Tice block on Giannis, which that was I, I, that was, I know, play I, the night. incredible block. One of the best blocks of the, uh, of the season that I've seen, but like the, I, I like beating, I don't want to beat up too much on Marv Albert and Chris Weber, but like just not even <laughs> mentioning like it happening in real time. Cause they were like doing an ad read or something. It's like these guys, oh man, I can't even, I just, I have to mute them from now on. It's just, it's so brutal. It's, it's so like Marv used to be so good and has, is old now and it's, it's tough. And then Chris Weber, <clears throat> Chris Weber. You guys, speaking of uh, speaking of ad reads, I want to remind you all that it's conference championship time, and uh, you can follow all the lines at betonline.ag. The early game on Sunday features Cinderella, Tennessee, on the road at Casey, a touchdown favorite with a total in the low 50s. On Sunday evening, Green Bay heads to San Francisco as a touchdown dog with a total in the mid 40s. Who will reign supreme and host the conference and hoist the conference championship hardware? Uh, before the next kickoff, head over to betonline.ag. Use our promo code CLNS50 to revive your receive, I think that's supposed to say, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bring the playoffs home with our exclusive sportsbook partner, betonline.ag. Um, yeah, so any, any more Chris Weber, Marv Albert thoughts? I'll, I'll say this about Tatum. That, that move was fantastic, that baseline uh, drive, but uh, two foul shot attempts, again, for Tatum. Mm. Not enough. Yeah, no. I know it wasn't a great game for him in general, but uh, just needs to get to the line more. He, there, there's, there's no bones about it. Do you just big picture for you guys right now? They've lost five of seven here um, as we're recording this on Friday. Are what's the level of concern right now, or is this just not scheduled losses, but like um, injuries? You know, just kind of the 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 bump in the road that was coming. Uh, it's not great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) is 60% shooting for the Pistons not great? No, it's not. But, uh, I don't know. I'm always like not one to completely panic, especially because a lot of these losses, you know, the key players have been in and out of the lineup. Tatum missed his, I believe his first game of the season against the Pistons. Uh, Kemba missed a few. Jalen missed last night. Um, but at the same time, like this team is supposed to be deep, but it's also like not deep and like, it's weird. It's like a a mixture of being top heavy and deep with the, the type of guys they have. But when those guys who are actually active don't step up like Gordon Hayward last night, then it kind of just falls apart. Uh, so I mean, if I have any like takeaway, it's just like. I still think this team is is as currently built is is very good and with a couple lucky breaks could uh, get to the conference finals and be competitive. But especially after watching last night, it, it like shooting is just an increasingly uh, important factor for this team, and so they should definitely be targeting that uh, at the uh, at the deadline. It would be really nice if Carson Edwards was a factor, but. 
that's not to be. Yeah, I think I think they really did miss. We saw how much Kemba brings to the table in those few games where he was out, and then yeah, you know, last night. I mean, the Bucks are thirty-seven and six. You know, they are easily the best, <laughs> not even close, the best team right now. Um, going into their into their gym, short Jalen when they come out shooting the way they did, you know, I don't, I, it's, it's hard to take too, too much away from that. But the, but the five for seven, I, I, the, I think, I think I go with what you said, B-Rob about the bump that was going to come anyways. Like it's, it's January. There will be more swings. There will be, there will be probably another six or seven game win streak. There will be another three game losing streak. It's going to happen. It's just, you know, as we get closer to the playoffs, you know, we can just kind of figure out, okay, what, what's real, what's not, what's going to matter, what doesn't. And I don't know if we're there yet, um, but I think also what you said, Pina, like there, there is until we can, until there's a few more shooters, or at least one more shooter that you can rely on a little bit more, uh, consistently. I don't know. There, there are going to be nights like last night. They're going to be nights against like against Detroit and the Celtics probably are not going to be hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy, uh, in June. <laughs> yeah. And just to, but I feel like in order to even have a, like a chance to get, there especially if, if an injury like if, if an injury hits if they don't do anything and an injury hits to one of their core guys they're screwed like if you at least make a trade like and then you saw this like two years ago on the team that was one game away from the the nba finals like a lot of injuries hit during that playoff run at various points that larkin obviously was forcing like lark yeah like a guy like that who you think like oh yeah shane larkin who cares no that was like a big deal for that team and like what he did defensively and just be able to give guys you know 10 15 minutes off per night and so i do think you know the front office here again they don't have to go nuts and trade the memphis pick but you have all these assets and you're gonna you're not gonna have roster spots for all these young guys anyway moving forward so you don't have to really worry like it's already diminishing returns as is and i think this team has shown it's like good enough to like give him a puncher's chance here. Like give Brad Stevens one more guy that he can, you know, so he has an option in these games um, and doesn't have to throw out the, like a Javante green or a uh, Shemi Ojale on the offensive end of the floor um, in some of these matchups where it's just going to be like, you're playing I, I like Javante green, but there's two plays that stood out in my head. One where, uh, and he slipped and like fell on both of them, which was just like, come on. But one, he's like, He's guarding, <laughs> he's guarding Kyle Korver, and it's like everyone in the world knows what Kyle Korver does, and Javante is caught off like caught off guard by the fact that he's going to start on the baseline and run off a screen and catch a pass and shoot a three, and it's like, like I don't at that coverage on that play I was kind of like a little perturbed by, and then there was one other play where uh, like Gordon Hayward actually like they they forced a turnover gordon hayward like dead sprints up the court he's like in a fast break situation javante corrals the ball and he looks ahead and instead of passing it basically stumbles and nearly falls over and like the body language on gordon hayward on that play was just like you've got to be kidding me dude uh because that was two points right there so it's tough when you're playing guys that you know i yeah, he's been a great fifteenth man, Mike. Exactly, he's still fifteenth yeah, man. Exactly. Like, so it's it's tough to have him in the rotation in a in a game like that and expect to win. Yeah. So, and then Rob, I mean, we'll save Rob Williams talk maybe for a next category. Um, 
but he's I don't know if you guys saw this he's not expected back before the all-star break which is just kind of a a downer in terms of figuring out what you really have with him right now because has he been around is he like at practice or is he at the facility when you guys are there um yeah like he hasn't been there hasn't been a ton of practices but yeah he's definitely around um he's clearly getting he's on a program to kind of try to build him up here but is he on the bench? Uh, uh, I don't think so. I haven't seen him a ton on the bench. Um, I haven't honestly been looking for him either, so I, right. I don't want to uh, say that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think you can count on him in the second half of the season, really, um, just based on how – I mean, you hope, but um, – and I do think these are just valuable minute, valuable opportunities now. Like, this is, this is time he needs to build – his you know you know learn on the floor if you will um and it's like valuable minutes being taken away from him on that front which is you know concerning for just obviously the present and the future of him get yeah. well time lord right um all right so let's uh transition over to our mid-season awards uh which there are six in total here and you know we're at the the 40 game mark here and so this is obviously just looking at the celtics uh team for these awards and let's start with i guess this is a this there should be some debate on this one most improved player on the celtics roster how do we want to do this guys we want everyone to give theirs at the same time just here shout them out kind exact of same time yeah, shout them out uh, on three, everyone say it. Okay. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Right. Oh, there. That was... <laughs> Work like a charm. Um, Congrats. All right. Good Brown. job. Your plaque is in the mail. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's... It's And it's just... It's it's funny how it's just reality now. And it doesn't really... It doesn't really even catch catch my attention when he, when he does the things he does now. It's just Jalen. Um, I think... Was it against Detroit with 24 and 12 that he have? I think some game recently. Yep, that sounds right. And that's just like you know, not that he's doing that every night, but you you, you don't even blink when you see a box score and Jalen Brown cuts up twenty four and twelve, and the confidence with which he's he's shooting from three, and just the way he's the the, the shot the threes that he's taking. It's not even just you know sw- on, on a swing or on a, on a slow rotation from the defense. Like he's breaking guys ga- down and hitting you know pull up three pointers, and it's just it's just and his defense as well. And maybe maybe one of you guys have him in the in, the, in an, another award coming up. But uh, for someone who hates Jalen as much as I do, uh, it has been it's been awesome to, to see him develop this way and just and just consistently give the Celtics. What, yeah, what, what his he usage isn't quite up to uh, like a superstar level, but his true shooting is higher than Paul George's, which I feel like we should take note given like how many shots and how often he does have the ball in his hands and he's just become way more efficient. I mean, he's averaging seven more points per game rebounding, uh, you know, the advanced rebounding numbers are up. He's passing the ball more. He's reading the defense better. And I mean, I don't really know where he's stagnant and like in any area of his game, he's been great. His contract is officially a bargain and uh yeah he's one of the bright spots of this season yeah i'm i don't really have anything to add there i think again pretty much it's rare you see a guy just increase like this across the board um and the shooting is was the biggest thing for me like that 
took a dive last year, so you wonder how sustainable the 39.5% was that he did his sophomore season, and now he's right back to that on more shot attempts per game. So that is clearly huge for this team and their future. Who is Who would be your runner-up in this category? Uh, for me, it's Tice, I would say. Mm. And I, like, maybe it's just because I was so down on him on both ends last season. Um, I just thought he was a mm-hmm. foul magnet who kind of was also just an imposter uh, in terms of stretch five. And he's not really shooting the three-point ball particularly well uh, on the year, and he's less efficient. Uh, but this team needs uh, like a, a quality starting five who doesn't need the ball in his hands, who does all these other things. We talked about the... Uh, I don't even know if those qualify as screen assists because I think those are tracked. Like You need to set the screen on the ball handler's man, but whatever they are, they're great, and they help the team and the offense. So for me, it's it's Tice. He just looks really good. I don't know if he can, uh, if, if he's the the answer at the five as a starting center in this league on a championship team. But uh, he deserves minutes, and uh, he's been great. Yeah, I'd I'd maybe give uh, Rob Williams my second MIP. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough because you haven't seen him in a while. Brad Watermaker has been a little bit better than, uh, than he was last year as well. But, um, no, he yeah. was great last year. He just <laughs> didn't get a chance. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll give Shemmy some love. He's shooting what 38% from three, from yeah. three this year. That's, that is a marked, uh, improvement. Yeah. That's, that's, a, I like that sneak pick. Um, I actually have, uh, I had Tatum as my runner up. Really? Just go on. Yeah. And that's more for like the defensive end of the floor with him. He's been just really, really good there. And I know the shooting numbers um, are lackluster, but you just look over at the rest of his game. I think it's really grown. Um, Whether it's passing, rebounding, uh, just, and the Celtics are just so good of him on both ends of the floor right now. Um, And you get like, I feel like that, that Pistons game was kind of a perfect example of that so obviously Jalen has taken the bigger jump this year but I still think that the jump that Tatum has made and you know the non-scoring aspects of his yeah, game yeah that's a good call big I can team. see that I mean he's way higher in usage than he was last he's almost leading the team in usage which is completely unexpected with uh with Kemba in the fold mm-hmm. and I don't know I, I I think that with the the loss of Horford him stepping into more of a playmaker role not necessarily seamlessly, but um, he's growing into it. And I think he's the, the passing aspect of his game that is so critical to his development is coming along. And defensively, he's just been great. Like, I think he will make multiple all-defensive teams in his career, which is humongous. And we, we talked about that in the last episode. Um, but the, like, the inability to just finish layups uh, has been... <laughs> pretty disturbing troublesome it's like it's they're they're all makeable and i don't know if he just needs to get stronger or it's mental or or like what the deal is but that's not great 
It's got to be tied to his to, to his lack of getting to the line. Somehow I haven't connected it entirely, but some of it would not being able to finish and also not getting to the foul line. Uh, there's a connection there. Um, okay, on three, defensive player of the year so far. Marcus Smart. One, two, three, Marcus Marcus Smart, yeah. <laughs> just just, just every, you know, the versatility yeah. is what does it for me. I, I did I too. considered Tatum. Uh, from, yeah, that from was a runner-up as well. Um, um but just you know, it, you it, it you forget now because you know he he airballed that three pointer, but that started with him stealing the ball from Giannis that possession, right? Right. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, he's just everywhere. He can do everything. He can guard anyone. Um, he's the heart and soul of that defense. And yeah, he's a huge reason plays. why their transition transition defense is normally on point. Great communicator. Uh, like he does the stuff that you know, like that play where. He's boxing out Giannis, and he draws that foul that made Coach Bud just go completely ballistic. Um, yeah, he just sacrifices his body super with super intelligence, and he's—I mean—he was first team All Defense last year for a reason. I don't know if he'll be on the team again because that, like, that the voting for that team is just like super weird. But he's—he's he's great. He's a great defender. Yeah, I. It would be a problem if he wasn't Defensive Player of the Year, like just for the team's progress. He's a All NBA First Team defender, so he's going to be this until further notice. But the fact that you know we all thought Tatum was the runner up here, I think, is very encouraging news for the team as well. Um, Jalen deserves a little bit sure. of love too on that. He's yeah, he's definitely especially guarding bigger guys. He's done a a very admirable job on that front. Um, let's go to sixth man of the year now. Uh, one, Ennis two, Cantor. three, Ennis Cantor. <laughs> Ennis Cantor, I was going to say. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the number, the number one offensive rating and defensive rating on the team. Bananas. This year. Can I ask, so as, as we're, uh, awarding him, uh, midseason sixth man of the year, the coveted midseason sixth man of the year for the Celtics, uh, should he maybe be starting? Not against Milwaukee, but um, you talk about the the slow starts that the Celtics face every single night. I mean, I'm not saying that 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 uh, that Tice should lose minutes, right? Uh, because clearly he's been a huge part of the of, of the success this year. But I don't know. Maybe that's that's a way to to, to change things up to start these games. Get a little bit more uh, beef so down. So the on, team on actually the sucks when he starts. I just was looking at the up those numbers before we started recording. I don't. It's like a four. What is, he started like four games this year, or something like that. Nothing crazy. It's tough sample size, yeah. and I'm, I haven't looked at, to see what teams those starts were against. One was opening night. One was against okay. Philly opening yeah. Night. So it's. I mean, yeah, it's super small sample size, and I wouldn't use that information to influence a decision like this. But I, I kind of do like Tice just in that starting lineup, just because he really doesn't need. Like, he gives you some stretch, and he just doesn't need the ball. Um, and he's just, a uh, like, obviously a superior defensive player as well. So, like, I would probably go with, with Tice as a starter, and I feel like Tice's value off the bench is just severely, severely diminished because he's just less useful against opposing second units and inside bench units. Whereas Cantor, you can kind of feature him a little bit. I mean, last night against the Bucks, 
<clears throat> they basically ran their offense through him in, in sections of the third quarter, which, uh, you know, with mixed results. But uh, so you can do stuff like that with Cantor off the bench. And he's also less of a liability on the defensive end, I think, if he's going up against not, you know, starting quality players every night. Yeah, I, I literally just think that Brad Stevens can't stomach watching Cantor against, like, opposing starting point guards. Like, he would be breaking clipboards by the six-minute mark of the game. Um, and just build in the way he's been handled all year, which is to his great. Like, this, he's been putting him in places to succeed, but he's pretty much never played crunch time unless it's Philly. And he's not going to... Brad Stevens does not like to lose games based on being out of position on defense or being exposed defensively. He wants to, like, always give his teams a chance that way. And Cantor is a guy who can take that away from you. So he's been great for what they need him to be. A double-double machine off the bench. Um, taking care of inferior opponents. Um, like, that's that's well worth the $5 million they paid him. Um, but, and yeah, I agree, Rich. Like, it would, there are certainly some nights where they could use that, like, out of the gate when the starters are missing all their threes and stuff, like, to get those rebounds. Um, but I still think Stevens just likes, you know, the defensive warts are just too much for him to overlook. Next category. Uh, runner up here. Huh. Got to be Marcus, I guess, right? Uh, Brad Wanamaker has a point to pick. For you. Oh, no, I, I kind of put smart in like he's starting really consider smart for this. I, yeah. But I think Wanamaker, he's fallen off a bit lately, but he's been pretty, uh, he's actually been a, a pretty big net positive uh in these first fast of the year i feel like yeah his run at the 50 40 90 is yeah, the 50, 90 40, 90, it's quickly it's evaporated <laughs> yeah. i'm glad i wrote that article when i could um he's not still he's run at the 43 35 90 yeah which they'll still take um he's oh, actually sure. the, the defensive numbers are surprisingly really good with him on the floor um he obviously is very limited in what he can do offensively against you know tough defenders but uh you know just a heady player knows his job does it well and has given them a, a big boost a few games earlier in the yeah. year. So I mean, it just kind of speaks so. to this team's, as I was trying to describe earlier, like they are top heavy, but also deep. And they're like deep in their top right. heaviness. <laughs> I should stop talking about this. I have no idea what I'm trying to say. But <laughs> like, they just have, don't, they don't have that guy off the bench who, like, the more we, like, why don't they give... I don't like. So, I don't know if Jamal like maybe work out Jamal Crawford. Like give him a tryout. Maybe it's like a, 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 a reputable three point shooter who can come off the bench. I don't know. I'm just. What's the deal with Jamal? Like, why is he not on a well, team? Defense. <laughs> I assume because yeah. defense. And he I wants know, to. Like, he like, wants to shoot like too he, much. It's not like he stopped playing defense this year. He's he never really been been known for his defense yet. He was you know one of the best bench yeah. scorers in the league for over he's, a decade. He's getting up there. I don't know. That's, I mean, it's a good question. It's not like he's a, he's like a, my age, a, a malcontent in the locker room that he's ever been in. So it's, it is a good question. I don't really know. I bet he'll get a chance somewhere after the trade. I think most teams now, they're like, we want flexibility before the trade deadline. Um, yeah. Those guys are always going to be out there after the fact. But it is. I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get a look somewhere. Jamal Crawford will be 40. I did not know he was that old. Wow. Yeah, that's old. Um, all right, let's uh, 
let's try to get some uh, our first which, disagreement which, here going. Um, big, let's go biggest surprise, and let's not all say this at the same time first. because I'm pretty sure we're gonna have different uh, answers. Okay, my biggest surprise is a top five defense. Uh, I just box. didn't. I did not think. I mean, we debated before the year, you know, where this team was going to be on both ends of the floor. I thought they would be better on defense, but I did not expect them to be able to piece together an elite team like this on defensive end after losing Baines and Horford. I credit a lot of that to Tice to kind of come in, and we already talked about him. Just Mike, you went on him about just his ability to to fortify that position. And then other guys have just stepped up. Tatum's defense has stepped up a ton. Jalen Brown's defense has stepped up a ton. Um, Brad Stevens has gone with more defensive-minded second units, which has paid big dividends. And, again, it's it hasn't looked great lately with some of these hot shooting nights, but on the whole, um, I didn't think they could be this good of this personnel. That's pretty good. Uh, I was going to say a player, but I'm going to go with a uh, more situational surprise as you did be rob uh the offensive rebound rate for this team uh they are fourth i believe in offensive rebound rate after finishing in the past three years uh 23rd 20th and 24th uh obviously Cantor plays a huge factor in that and just him being a bully on the glass but uh like they are also first according to cleaning the glass in offensive rebound rate in half-court situations, and they were 28th in that category last season, 23rd before that, 23rd before that. So their ability to balance creating second-chance opportunities with also having one of the better transition defenses in terms of limiting transition opportunities for opponents is just, it's really difficult to do, and... I did not expect them to... Usually when teams prioritize getting back, they do not finish number one or top five in offensive rebound rate. So that's a really good uh, surprising sign for this team. Yeah, and my, and my biggest surprise kind of ties into both of your your, your your themes, and that was just Daniel Tice, you know, who we've talked mm-hmm. about a bunch already on, on today's pod and, and sort of every... Uh, Every pod because he deserves it. But, um, I, you know, we, we saw it in, in stretches, I would say, two years ago. You know, and last year, like a lot of the guys on this team, it was kind of seemed like a lost year. I still, and I say this every every time he comes up too, I still wonder if he's going to be there in the playoffs. You know, I, 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 he's just his history of injuries. I wonder if he can keep this going for the entire season. But what we've seen so far has just been fantastic. I mean, he's, he's really... Not only he's getting the job done, like he's a joy that joy to watch, like the way he does it, like his 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 attitude, like what he brings to, you know, to just every aspect of the game. I think has been really 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 cool to watch, and he is my biggest surprise. Yeah, that was my runner up, Rich. Um, and I think your concerns are completely in the right place in terms of can they keep him healthy for eighty two games here? He's dealing with some knee tendonitis right now, and the same knee that. I think he had his meniscus stuff in a couple years ago. Um, so that is clearly a concern. And honestly, maybe just as well of a reason to kind of add someone at the trade deadline. Not necessarily a big, but just someone who can play so you don't have to, you know, 
it's easier to go smaller and you don't have to rely on him more than you know 20 minutes a night because you, you clearly you're going to need him at the end it is crazy that he's only playing 21 a night like his impact feels bigger than that it is i mean last night they could have used him for a full 48 for sure <laughs> um and but yeah like between fouls and just obviously like you said keeping his keeping him healthy you they're being careful not to lean on him too much here uh did you have a runner up mike or should we move uh, on to Tice. Tice, yeah uh all right let's uh move along here to biggest disappointment mm-hmm. uh mike why don't you start us off on so this one? we already kind of I, I i mentioned this already i think but my biggest disappointment has been tatum's finishing around the basket and mm. like i'm being super specific here because i don't want to say that tatum has been a disappointment even though i personally expected more and maybe my expectations were unreasonable i don't know but because he still is probably going to make the all-star team and he's going to average over 20 points per game those were the kind of the preseason things that he wanted to accomplish so those could still happen what'd you say wasn't there wasn't there a third he did have a third. Have I can't. Third it's slipping my mind right prediction? now. What was the third? Do you remember? <laughs> oh, I think it was at the Celtics okay, who won the championship. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he's uh, second on the team in scoring. Uh, he still just has this fluidity to his game that is just—it's like breathtaking to watch. We mentioned the that like baseline Steve Smith hesitation moves like semi spin uh finish in last night's game and even down the stretch he had a step back corner three over Giannis I believe to cut it to I forget what the mm-hmm. deficit was but it was in the last two minutes and to keep the game kind of as competitive as they could so he still just has these like shots in his bag that I don't even know how many guys in the league have and he's only 21 years old and and all that but just the finishing there's been countless layups this year that I just don't understand why they don't go in and and some of it also is you know the relationship between him missing those shots and getting to the free throw line and drawing fouls as you said earlier Rich is kind of baffling to me because there are a lot of times when you watch Tatum play like he is making an effort to attack the rim and get into the paint and I don't know if he gives up on plays expecting a whistle, but sometimes he'll just like the, he'll flail his arms, and I don't know if that's because there is legitimate contact that he's feeling and he's trying to uh, draw the referee's attention, or if he just realizes he is in a bad situation and trying to bail himself out. But I expect him to get some of those whistles maybe as he goes along and he gets more of a reputation in this league as one of the more premier players and when that happens he'll take a step forward but I don't know how much of this is in his control uh in terms of just the fouls but the finishing can be so much better and should be so much better because he's way too talented to miss these shots amen my biggest disappointment was Gordon and I, and and it's like it's like you said, Mike. Like I can, I can you know, build it up with, with all. Like I don't think Gordon Hayward is a disappointment. You know, I just, a lot of it is also like our own personal expectations. 
Um, but you know, and, and again, there's been, there's been the injuries and, and all that, but I was just hoping and in the same way that, that I said that we're at the point now where you don't blink when Jalen puts up one of those monster games, I, I was expecting to be there with Gordon too at this point in the, in the season. And it still feels like a little bit of a gift on the nights that he does erupt and, and, and show you know signs of the former all-star. Um, so yeah, I would just like to see a little bit more consistency from him and certainly in, 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 a, few, in a few big games against some big competition you know, where, where, where some playoff competition where you're really going to need him. So, uh, yeah, and, I, and like I said, I can't really put my finger on his inconsistencies at this point. All I know is that he has been inconsistent, and that is a bit – because when we were talking earlier in the year about, hey, are the Celtics actually a contender? Um, are they not a year early? Like that was under the assumption that Gordon was going to be that guy that we saw consistently before uh, the hand injury. Uh, and we just haven't seen it return yet, uh, and it's a bit disappointing. Yeah, that's all. That's fair, and I think that foot situation, he has played pretty much since he got that third quarter zone shot and come back, but it obviously he isn't the same yet. So like you said, Rich, whether or not he gets back to that will be pivotal in terms of what this team's ceiling is. Um, my dis- biggest disappointment, um, I kind of feel bad about, but I still think I got to do it. Uh, Carson Edwards. Um, it's hard to get too disappointed about a second round pick, but he was great in summer league. He had that incredible 24 point quarter in the preseason. Um, and he really hasn't given them anything. Um, shooting like 30% from the field, 30% from three. Uh, the offense, you know, falls off a cliff when he's on the floor and he's, uh, an understandable liability defensively for the size. So, uh, again, it's early. I know the team still likes him. They He's getting plenty of reps in May now uh, to hopefully get his confidence up and a better feel. So it's it's clearly a tough job he has to kind of be thrown in there early. But they did give him opportunities, and he wasn't really wasn't able to run. I don't even know if he had, like, one. I don't even think he has had one, like, memorable performance yet. Um, Preseason. In a game. And so – and. Yeah, pretty right. It's not good if your most memorable games in the preseason, and so yeah, like that. He was clearly brought in to fill a role and hasn't been able to do it, and now that's a a hole for this team. Uh, do you have a runner up, Mike? My runner up is uh, Rob Williams' health. Yeah, just yeah, I think Rob Williams in general, and yeah, health is a big reason for that. I mean, I. I can't call Romeo a disappointment because, I mean, we were talking about him in the preseason like he was a ghost. So, like, you know, he didn't really play in summer league and the expectations were so low. Um, If anything, like, when I do see him play and he, like, grabs a rebound or sets a screen, I'm, like, jumping up off my couch. But, (laughs) yeah, but he's alive. Holy cow. Um, but yeah, I can't make say he's disappointing. Yeah. Uh, all right, that brings us to our last category: most valuable player. Um, let's I've changed we, since we had this conversation. Ooh, like uh, like a couple, couple weeks ago. Oh, okay, got it. That's right. We yeah. did. We did talk about. Yeah. Let's. Uh, why don't you start us off, Rich? Who's your Who's your most valuable player? I I, I went with Tatum. Mm. at the end you know I, I, when we talked about this a couple weeks ago I was I was team Kemba and this isn't to take away anything from Kemba but just I think when you consider that the, the defense 
that that Tatum is playing this year. Um, and again, just that that big shot ability. I'm making up words, but like that that that, <laughs> that base, and not that Kemba, you know, Kemba made it possible to for that game against Milwaukee to be remotely close. Um, but I don't know. I just feel that like Tatum is the guy that is eventually going to put them over the top um, when when it comes down to it. If it does happen, he's the guy. He's 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 only missed that one game. He's been there almost every night playing defense playing offense he, he uh, pretty much if you look at, at the at the stats like doesn't matter what the stat is I'm, he's either top two or top three in just about everything uh does everything and uh i don't know he's the mvp i mean it's a very close second for kemba and you can make a very good argument that it is kemba but i'm just going with with tatum b-rab you want to go yeah i'm i'm pretty much echoing rich uh tatum with kemba on his heels it's just for me, it was just the on-off numbers. Um, the the Celtics are so much better with him on the floor. Um, I think over 10.0 net rating. And you combine that with his durability, not just this season, but throughout his career. I mean, he's missed, I think, seven games in his career, which is uh, among, you know, only 10 players in the NBA have played more than that, or that are like starter-level players. Um and so he's there every night. He obviously doesn't play great every night, but he usually does enough things to help the team win on most occasions. And like I said, when you're looking for the tough buckets late in games, um, I feel like he's going to be just as much of a threat, if not more of a threat, than Kemba for that. Um, so for as good as Kemba has been offensively, he's still uh, he's still always going to be some of an issue on the defensive end, and that's enough to, uh, to turn it so into a team's So I have... Kemba as my MVP and the defense. Wow. I forget what I said actually last time. I think I probably said Tatum, but yeah, the, you the did. defensive on off numbers are just like really atrocious. And you know, this, the defense has been superb all season. And when Kemba's in the game, they're like slightly below league average on defense, which is pretty telling. I, th- I think, um, but let me tell you why I picked him. So <laughs> last night, just look it, at last honestly, night. Like, that's, a, that's there's your, obviously a little bit of recency bias in this. Uh, I did go back and forth between Tatum and Kemba, and it was kind of like a splitting hairs exercise. But just like the offense does revolve around him in a lot of ways, and his ability to play off the ball as well as those high pick and rolls where. He's always a threat to pull up from three, and I think that players who do that at an elite level are the most important offensive players in the league right now just because of how teams want to play and how teams want to defend. So if you have a primary ball handler who can hit those shots like uh, routinely and is willing to take them after missing like three in a row also, which is something that Kemba's not afraid of, it really puts the defense in a bind. And so... He's done that all year. The offense has been trash. Not trash, but pretty mediocre when he's not in the game. And it's excellent when he's on the floor. And so I'm just giving it to him. I think like, I think he's the best player on the team right now still with Tatum slightly behind, Jalen slightly behind that. But Kemba, uh, you you factor that in, uh, just the on-court impact, and then there's the off-court stuff, which you wrote about recently, B-Rob, and just 
his leadership style, the way people gravitate towards him. Uh, he's accountable for his actions, unlike someone who used to play for the Celtics. And I think all that really matters as well. So that factors into my decision here. His quote after that Detroit loss in the same night Just that Kyrie had his latest. teammates under uh, the bus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was I mean, perfect. Was, it was so perfect. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was impressive. <laughs> it was impressive. Yeah, we, we it's too bad we, we don't have enough time to talk about Kyrie's comments, but um, yeah, that was. He'll make them uh, again sometime soon. He'll give us another chance. Exactly. I'm sure. Just wait a week. Uh, I will say, too, to like your point, like. Kemba also just making the, the the right play at the end of that game last night on the fast break, finding the open three-point shooter um, in a four-point game. Smart obviously airballed it. Um, <laughs> but you can just see – but but it's still – but Smart was having a hot shooting night, and now it's still like it was just – you know, it was the right play. It wasn't like getting a two there wouldn't do a ton for you. So he's smart. He's not trying to get it himself, and you've – I, having, I'm just encouraged by just how much he's able to balance the getting, you know, carrying the team like he needs to at points of the game with also still making the right play in crunch time, which this team obviously did not have last year uh, throughout various points of the year. So, um, yeah, I, I like your pick just as much, Mike. I was just looking up the minutes leaders in the NBA just to see where Tatum was. Do you know who, who one and two are, who total minutes played this year? Uh they say like is Zach Levine up there for some reason? Uh Zach Levine's tenth. So okay. one and two are Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier. <laughs> so two teammates, first and second overall. And then three and four are McCollum and Dame Lillard. Wow. Anyways. That's yeah, Charlotte's still I mean, they're not lurking through, but they're four games out of a playoff spot, which is kind of amazing to me. Um all right, that's uh, so that puts a bow on the awards here. Uh, we'll obviously do this again at the end of the season and see if we have any changes. But uh, a lot of agreement, guys. I thought it was going to be more more uh, dissension, but we uh, we really job, nailed it. Good job. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Uh, a wholesome award show. That's what wholesome. we needed after this this recent stretch of uh, Celtics basketball. Exactly. So. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week, uh, likely shortly after the LeBron and AD come to town uh, on Monday. So, uh, what do we think? Playoff bound? <clears throat> Lakers? <laughs> well, AD's hurt. AD hasn't played in a the few first... games, Rich, so. Yep. They did in the first game. I don't know if you guys saw that magic They're loss, only... but uh, LeBron hanging himself on the rim, KCP hanging himself on the rim. Weird game. I gotta say, pretty weird game. Yeah, that Aaron the off Gordon the backboard self alley oop. Quite nice. No, well, I was talking about the uh, he had an and one. I think on. Uh, oh, when he White? like cut down the middle. Yeah, he had some dunks in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good dunker. Yeah, good dunker. Mm-hmm. He always has some dunks. So rich for you. Oh, by the way, Markel Fultz triple The Sixers should really game, think about yeah. trading for him. Note as well. Has anyone made that joke? Yeah. <laughs> do you think if if you think if you try offer Jason Tatum in a in a time, Romeo in a top and Tatum for Fultz, who for says him right no? now he could get him? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know the the Sixers aren't even gonna get a first round pick for him in that deal. 
like it's a top twenty first round pick they got, which is not going to be. It's going to be that protected was, was... and then turns into second round picks. Oh wait, did Colangelo make that trade or no? Oh, okay. No, no, that was out in Brand. That was at yeah, the I was trade. I think of what trade. Oh, tra- the Okafor um, for uh, what's his face, uh, Trevor Booker. I want to say to the Nets where he it was like, oh, we got a first round. Yeah, pick. But it was like, yeah. No, actually, you got a second round pick. No, no. Where they, they traded him to Brooklyn? Yes. Where Joe went first before and he New didn't really play. Okay. Right. Rich, I have a bet for you to make for your okay. Lakers take. Um, yeah. You can head to betonline.ag for this. Uh, Memphis upsetting the Lakers <laughs> in the first round. You probably get pretty good odds there. Yeah, I think that that – well, I, except that I'm also saying that the Memphis is not going to make the playoffs. I see. Neither, I just... the, neither of those teams are going to make the playoffs. It's going to be hard <laughs> about, about making that bet. But yeah, I don't. I don't know if Bet Online. But before we sign off, I can check real quick, real quick to see if they have uh, the odds on uh, on uh, Memphis making the playoffs. I'm uh, if they're underdogs, I'm taking them. I uh, oh, they do. Thanks, BetOnline.ag. Oh, well, so right they now, they it's a it's a heavy favorite, pretty heavy favorite that they missed the playoffs. If you if you want to bet, if you bet a hundred dollars that Memphis will make the playoffs, you will get two hundred twenty five dollars back. Okay. Uh, if they do. So who's the favorite to me right now? Portland or San Antonio? It actually, is, uh, the, the only team that they have up is, is Memphis, mm. which is pretty interesting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would imagine it's probably, I, I would say Portland. I think Portland's still going to make it. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, if you, if you that that's pretty good odds. If you, if, if you really believe, now is the time to, uh, to strike. Well... And I'll oh. say the Celtics are are favored to win the Atlantic right now. Still, yeah, it's gonna be a tight fa- tight race. It's only up a, a game on the Raptors right now, two on the Sixers. You lost the tiebreaker to the Sixers already. Um, yeah, I really think you need to. I don't think you win a division without adding a body here. I think uh, to hold and Toronto's getting healthy now too, so they're gonna be coming. A um, uh, hundred to one on the. On the Knicks, or maybe it's that thousand to one. I would hope it's a thousand. A lot to one for for the for the Knicks to to, to somehow come back and win the Atlanta. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll keep monitoring those odds uh, as long with uh, everything else in the playoff picture in the coming days. But yeah, we'll be back with you guys next week uh, to talk some Celtics Lakers fallout and see if this team has managed to uh, right the ship a little bit after a, a sluggish stretch. <laughs>